0: Hello and welcome to our first ever episode of Talking Toffees with me, Peter, and co host Andy. We're both excited to be doing this, but Andy, I think it is best that we explain what Talking Toffees is about and why we've decided to do these podcasts. Neither me or Andy have ever done anything like this before. We are your typical seed and ticket holders, but given the restrictions put in place over the last few months, Like all of us, we've not been able to enjoy the simple Everton pleasures, whether it's going to match together or meeting up for a drink to catch up on all things Everton. So we realised thousands of Evertonians are in the same boat. Whilst we're all dealing with COVID-19, its impact is wide and varied. It's threatening jobs in the city, it's isolating families, and in general, it's negatively impacting on people's day to day lives. So, our podcast will be a platform for Evertonians to virtually come together and provide some light relief. We really hope you will enjoy them. These podcasts are by Evertonians for Evertonians. I think that's about it, Andy. Is there anything you would like to add?
1: Yeah, just, um, you know, it's a platform, as you said, there, just for us to come together and have a little talk about all things Everton. Um, You know, we're missing going the game. Missing meeting up and having a chat about about Everton, you know, the good things, the bad things, things we want to improve. So I think it's just, you know, it gives that, that a bit of time just to talk and hopefully moving forward get a few of the toffees on. You um, wouldn't normally have that platform, especially during these times, just to, you know, have, have a talk about Everton.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's spot on. Well, great, we'll crack on then, Andy. So today's first episode, we will be discussing Monday's 1 0 win over Sheffield United. Everton's reported interest in Pierre Hoiberg. We'll look back to Friday's pre-match press conference and we'll look to Everton's last game of the season versus Bournemouth. So Andy, before we look to Monday's game, I just wanted to start with comments from Phil Jagielka prior to the match. He did indicate that he wasn't really impressed with Everton's handling of his release and also that he had more to offer. I mean. At 37,
1: do you think he did? I don't know. I I, I love Jags when he played for us. Like, um, you know, he's, he, you know, he's, how quick he was, even when he did leave us. Do you know what I mean? I do think that he could still, um, do a job for us. But uh, at the same time, I do think the club were it was a right. It was the right time from the fans' point of view. Um, yeah. in, t- in terms of the internal stuff with the club. You know, it's a bit worrying actually because we've had um, Osman and Hibbert say similar things when they were released, and yeah. you know, we we are the People's Club, and I'd like to think that we, you know, we looked after our you know long-serving players like that. Uh, I know Jags isn't from the area, but you know, he, he was a great. He's, ambassador. A, he's an adopted Scouser, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was a great ambassador for the club. You know, his professionalism and everything. So it's a little bit concerning, here, and that again, a little bit disappointing. But again, without knowing the internal stuff, that's that goes on within the clubs and stuff like that it might be a bit unfair to comment but I do yeah. think he could still do the job Um for us you know we've had quite a few injuries again. you know Holgate's got injured recently again and Mina's seemed to be um, getting injured quite often but uh, I do think it's probably the right the right time from my point of view anyway I don't know what you think
0: Yeah I agree I think he was a great servant for the club Um but I think you know if we're looking to Never mind Champions League football, but Europa you know, league football, I think thirty seven years of age, center half your days are numbered. And I think that's the difficulty for a club like Everton is, you know, we are the people's club and we like to look after our own, especially, you know, someone who's served the club as well as Jacks. But you know, you've you've also got to be I don't wanna say cold, but you've got to be a bit business like and cut the call. Thirty seven years of age, I think we certainly got the best of them and you know, I know Sheffield United are going to finish above us this season, but in terms of Jags playtime, I don't know their specific stats, but it's been limited. Maybe those comments were from looking at Everton the first half of the season and Marco Silva, he was shifting goals left, right and centre. But in terms of offering Everton now, when you look at, you know, Jared Brandt, Mason Olgate, you know, they look they're the future, you know, hopefully for, for the football club, but I agree, I think 37, I think they did get the best of them, but I do want to touch on that, Andy, about how his release was handled, because, you know, Tony Abbott, Leon Osman, Silver Distant, they've all said similar things, and, you know, you don't know whether these are players that have served Everton so well, that they became that comfortable, that they actually expect a bit more from the club, or whether There's something Everton are not doing right. And hopefully if Baines at times or Baines doesn't come out and say this, it it, it just seems a bit strange because no other football club seems to release players and then have those players make such comments. It's difficult, I suppose, to ask put you on the spot because, you know, Everton, you don't know the ins and outs and what goes on when a player's contract comes to an end. But looking as a fan, it just seemed pretty straightforward. Your time's up and we're not renewing your contract. Have you got any concern as a fan that Everton uh, are not treating the the players' release in in a, an appropriate
1: manner? Does it concern you at all? It does a little bit, yeah. When you 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 know the and as I just said there, about Osman and um, Hibbs, Jags, distant. you know the players who, who've done a lot for the club and. Um, you know, been a big part of, of what we've been able to achieve even you know, over the last few years and stuff like that and it was solid in all, all the positions um, so it does concern me a little bit because you know I'd like to think that of Everton that we would be able to handle things and I know what you're saying about us trying to have uh, it be a bit business savvy um, which you've got to be in order to compete but at the same time I would like to think that we had that shown that loyalty to, to players um, yep. so I'm a little bit concerned by it but obviously as you said potentially Baines' last game coming up um, and if it is his last game I hope that he, he you know he gets the treatment that that he deserves you know what, what he's given to the club
0: yeah yeah well listen at the end of the day we we, we love Jags and we am sure Jags still loves Everton so we crack on into the into the the match Andy
1: um, it was a good win
0: for Everton to be honest I was a bit you know I don't want to be too pessimistic but I was a bit surprised with, with how we played um and the results itself given given the the form we went in. Well, what did you make of the match?
1: I thought it was I thought it was good. I enjoyed the um the change in shape. Uh, I thought the first half was a, a little bit I didn't know what to make of it. I thought which way we're we gonna go here because against Leicester we was absolutely solid. Love play and then um I seen us in other games and I thought, oh my God, what's going on here? And I didn't know of the first half I didn't know I was going to play out but I thought second half especially Thought we we were brilliant. We set up um, a lot more fight and control over possession against the very good team in Sheffield United. Um, yeah. But I think yeah, I, I do think that suited us a little bit more, changing the shape. Um, I understand why we would you know, we, we'd stuck to the four four two after Ferguson was in charge, and um, even when Ancelotti came in, it seemed to be working quite well. Um yeah. But we looked a lot more fluid. I thought. Um, again, and and just, it brought. Just... Sorry, go on.
0: Sorry, Andy. Just on the tactics, there you said uh, on the sheep, I agree. I thought Everton midfield for the fair time since probably the first half an hour against Leicester or Goodison, the midfield was functioning. In particular, Andre Gomez, Gilfie Sigurdsson. can saying that, but yeah, Gilfie was I thought really solid performance second half. Those those tactics, the, the 4 2 3 1, if you like, is that something that you see for Everton long term? I mean, I suppose, really, you know, the caveat to that is Ancelotti likes to change formation within a match. But in terms of going into next season and what you saw on Monday, do you think that 4 2 3 1 might be the way forward for Everton?
1: From what I've seen through the night, i I'd say yes, um, but it depends really because I, what, the way I want Everton to, to look from, a, from my point of view and from a fan's point of view is I want us to have an identity. I want us to have a, a shape about us, uh, yeah. which I think has been missing. You know, We've had a formation but you know, under the last few managers, but it didn't seem to be quite an identity. We didn't, really, didn't really have the players to fit them, that, that structure we were trying to play. And I think that's what yeah. I, I really want. I'm hoping with Ancelotti, now he's able to to state what way he wants to play, and we'll buy players that fit that shape rather than, you know, trying to make do with what you know who we've got and trying to play a formation that doesn't quite suit us. And yeah. all the clubs he's played um, <clears throat> really attacking wingers. You know, I'm just hope that he, whatever identity he does pick, that we can get the players in who can play in that position and we can be really impactful.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I actually I think the shape. Um hasn't been too bad. I think in fairness uh, to Duncan Ferguson, I think when Carlo came in, you know, Ferguson had already put, you know, the building blocks in there. He went basic four four two. He went to Old Trafford away, kept the sheep. Um, you know, Leicester and the Cup didn't start well. We we come back there. In that game, kept the sheep. Chelsea you know, and home we had a good shape. So when Ancelotti came in, I thought the building blocks were there for Everton. To, to be solid at the back but i sort of agree with you when you watch Everton, it's it's not fluid and although we are we, we do have a shape in the final third it's been it's been you know, a bit of a sort watch and you you do hope really that you know this somewhere in particular you can bring a couple of players in in that final third you know for, for a bit more quality um, to, to give us that identity and a way of playing because Although the building blocks are there, I suppose with, with, with keeping it tight, it's it's not enough for them to, to get into order. I mean, it's although we have had a good or a decent second half of the season, it, you know, we're going to finish at best eleventh. So I agree with you. I think there needs to be more by way of a, you know a way of playing. i yeah, just wanted to ask you um, uh, about Gilfy Sigurdsson uh, and you know. Not the performances of late or that performance at Sheffield United, but the decision really to make him captain. Um I think most Evertonians were bewildered by that decision. Um what 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 were your thoughts on that?
1: Do you know what I, I really like Sigurdsson. Um so I think he, he works hard things a good creative player, but I do think that this season especially, um I don't know whether to lack of confidence, don't know whether it's a, um you know, is is on the game and I think, but he hasn't been the player I think Eddie can be. Um yeah,
0: I think there'll be some um listeners that'll be wanting to tune in and, and but him when he said he works hard because we haven't saw no, that have
1: we, you know? No I know that I think that's what's been disappointing for me because I've seen I, I remember oh, when we played the Liverpool in the FA Cup at Anfield, you know in the FA Cup.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and he scored that goal, but he, that game as well and the games around that like, last season, he um he worked so hard. But this season there has been something different with him, and it got highlighted through the week, didn't it? Is sort of is um, you know he's, he's pointing to the ball to go a different way when he was in a plenty of space himself, and yeah. um, pulling out the tackles and stuff like that. So it's been quite disappointing for see because I am a big fan of his, but uh, I don't think his performances have been good enough. To the day against Sheffield United, you know, a lot more improved. But I, I think that we need to see a lot more of him if he for him to be playing week in, week out in the blue shirt, the expectation. I'm I'm just like your typical Everton fan. I don't speak for everyone, but when I go to the game or when I'm tuning in to watch Everton, I want to see them playing with fights, you know, and commitments. I, I, yeah. you know, even if we get beat, you know, at the end of the day we go, you know what, we really we dug in there, we looked after each other and we gave it everything we had. I'm happy with that. I can go away from the ground, happy knowing that. But when you're seeing players giving 60, 70%, that's the bit that would uh, you know, Evertonians can't can't take to. Uh, I suppose Andy,
0: you know, what I'm getting at is being captain of Everton Football Club is a privilege and, and it's, it's an honour. Um, and, you know, to be blunt, is guilty worthy of that armband, you know, given his performances?
1: I don't think so, no. Not, not myself. I, as I said, I'm a big fan of his, but I don't think um, he was given it. But at the same time, I trust, I trust Ancelotti. Substantial yeah. And he's made that decision and I, I, you know, I'm going to stand by that. My personal viewpoint from the outside, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, yeah,
0: I, listen, I, I agree. You know, Carlo, as far as I'm concerned, he's the man now and we have to trust him and back him. Same with you know, transfer the targets. If he wants him, he'll have every you know bit of backing from me. I suppose in his defence... I think when it comes to captains, there's a pecking order that's in place at the start of the season, and that wouldn't have been Ancelotti, and um, that would have been Selver who would have put that put that in. And I suppose if you're coming in halfway through a season, you know you, you don't want to rip everything up, and it, it might have just been a case that you know, given the lineup that that was selected, Gilfie was the nominated captain, and therefore rather than rock the boat, leave it as is. Um, and I suppose in some ways probably you know second to last game of the season. Some fans, maybe a bit with with apathy, would just sort of resign to it. But, you know, I think unless his performance is broke up, never mind the captain's arm, and I think, um, you know, next season he might struggle to, to get in the team. But, you know, I've got to say, you know, while I've just said all that, I thought, it, as an isolated game itself, I don't think it's be brilliant in the second half. But, you know, it, for me, it's too little too late. You know, I've said it before, the highest we can finish is 11th. So, Guilty Sigurds having a solid second half when we can only finish 11th. You know, or you're just banging your head and you said, "Well, where was that um, early in the season? What I would say, I suppose, is that that changed the tactics. He was behind Calvert-Lewin um, and he did have, you know, Walcott and Richarlison on either flank. And I think that's his game, isn't it? That he likes to play behind a striker. Long term, I suppose that'd be interesting over the summer in terms of the players that come in, and whether you know there is a place for him next season. Um, but I think you know, given the atmosphere and the mood of Evertonians, if he wants to be moved on in the summer, I don't think he's going to have any complaints. Um, but you know, there is a player I think we have to really talk about from this match, and it's Jared Brantweight. Um I think when we were, you know, we were Chatting over the phone, the first ten minutes we were a bit worried. The distribution wasn't the best, um. But after that, I, I thought he was well. For me, he was Everton's best player. But what, what did you make of that performance?
1: Yeah, I thought I thought he was I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, obviously, I haven't seen much of him, um, prior to that. But the fact of his age stepping in there against a really good set up team, um. You know, as you said there, I text you, didn't I, saying, oh, a bit worried about you know, the first 10 minutes to give the ball away a few times. But for yeah. such such a young footballer to get his head back together and compose himself, he looked absolutely solid. He looked like he'd been playing there for years. His size, you know, his, his build, you know, he fitted right in. Left side, um, centre half. You know, I always love to see that. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. when we had we had it with uh, Les Scott, didn't we? Um, it's balance, isn't it, I suppose,
0: yeah. when you got that you know, someone as big and you only have to look at him and you know he's a centre-half and he's only 18 years of age and that left foot, like you say, it just gives a nice balance and I agree, I thought Tim and Michael Keane were that, you know, first 10 minutes, I still think he was fairly solid in that 10 minutes, but, but he were giving the ball away and put us under a bit of pressure, Um, but after that, yeah, he was solid and, um, you know, Sheffield United the away from home, you know, you can't forget that lad's only just turned 18, started the season at Carlisle. They, you know, if they won that game, they were still well within uh, a shout of Europe. So I, I don't think just because we're coming to the end of the season in any way, should that performance be, um, you know, underappreciated, I, I thought he's was fantastic. And I think, you know, we'll talk about the Bournemouth game a little later, but he's nailed on to start, obviously, Hallgate out anyway, but he's won for the future, definitely. Um, I suppose another good performance really is, uh, well, I'd like to touch on is Andre Gomez. Um, I think I think it's not just a, the, I could be wrong, I, I, for me, Andy, I don't know about you, but it's not just a, the tactics that suits Gomez. But I think it's fitness levels. Um, I think he, you know he's come back from a bad injury, um, and it's almost like a preseason for him, isn't it? Given the break, but he's just looked especially again in the second half um you looked a completely different player to what you've seen in the past few matches. What what did you make of his performance?
1: Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. He was, thought it was you know, showed a lot of glimpses of Andre going, you know, the player that we know he can be. Um obviously coming back from that injury that was going to have an effect on his fitness and his match time on the pitch. But um I thought he played quite a lot of games back to back as well. I think that game yeah. out I think that came out really done him good because he looked like before that he looked like he he was like you know was jaded and his legs were heavy, uh, but I thought I thought he was brilliant. Um, yeah. This for me, Andy, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, for me,
0: I listen. I'm not um, a medical professional or physiotherapy, and I not like that. But I just look at him and in, uh, recently, and I think he's been playing so much, and I know some of it's been out of necessity. You know, with Fabian Delph out, and Delphold, gone. Kabamon injured, you know, he's had to play a lot more than he would have liked. But I think given the injury he's had, we've just saw far too much of him. Um, And no surprise to me that after the break when he came in, he he was much brighter. But I I, I do think the change of formation helped, but I just think it is fitness. Just even that break. I think, I I know it's only a short pre-season before we're back again in September, but I think he'll benefit from having a break. I so suppose, really, we should touch on the goal itself. It was a brilliant header by Um I mean, you know, he's a still a young lad and he can score any kind of goal, really, can't
1: he? I think, I think he's brilliant. I think he's going to be absolutely quality. And I love the things he's coming out on on social media and saying he seems to really get Everton as well. Do you know what I mean? yeah. What Everton fans want to hear, but he's backing her up as well on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, but like, and it, I was saying to you before when before we started this, I had a, this with my dad today, and he was saying, um, you know, he's always looking grumpy, and you know, he's always sure. got like a, a, a face on. I like that. Do you know what I mean? I think um, Everton may have been too nice over the years. Do you know what I mean? Or not? Yeah. We've been missing that, and um, I do worry a little bit about his temperament when he he's in one of them moods, but. But I like it though, do you know what I mean? It shows he cares, shows he you know, wears his heart in the sleeve. Yeah. But I think he's gonna go on and be a, a top top European striker. Uh, but I think he. You, do, I think he did a really t- good job on the wings as well.
0: Yeah. Well that's what I was gonna touch to on. There was a start that came out. Um that goal on Monday is now putting past Lukaku for I think richarlison has got twenty six goals in his first two seasons. Lukaku got twenty five in his. That's Premier League goals. So when you look at the, you know, those kind of goal scoring records, what is his best position? Is is he a striker? Or, you know, is he better off on the wing cutting in? What what you know, what do you think? I
1: do like I him say. on I do like him on the right. Um, he's got a lot of pace, hasn't he? A lot of, you know, tenacity about him. But I think yeah. that he is also a striker that you can he can score a goal from nothing as well, I think. Yeah. Um that, that editor today just came out the blue. You know, just yeah uh, yeah. And I think that you know you can put him up front and if, as long as he gets the service, or even if he doesn't, so he's still gonna make, try and make something of it and get a, a goal out the blue. I think you can do him a, a really good um job up top. But I do like him on the right as well. Uh, so it's inter- it's it's good that we've got a, a player who's versatile and who's brilliant in both them positions.
0: Yeah, I think that's another sign of how good he is at that age that, you know, you could put him out wide or, or in the middle and he's just as effective, really. Um, I think in the modern game as well, you know, you look at Man City, Liverpool, with the forwards, you know, people ask the same question, well, what's name, Salah? They, they can go out wide, they can, they can play through the middle. It, it's no problem to them. And I think it's both, really, with Ancelotti that... The, the Positive he has going into the transfer window in terms of what happens, you know, out up front is that he can go if he wants. You know, there's a possibility he can get a partner for, for Lewin and put Richarlison out wide, or, or even go and get, you know, an upgrade if you like on, on what, in my opinion, has been quite a disappointment in our wingers in Burr, the Woby, etc., and go and get another wide man and then put the three up top with Lewin, Richarlison, and maybe somewhere else out wide, which obviously the talk is on the great find that that's uh, um, a key position that Ancelotti and sheloty and brand had identified that way. but yeah I, I think Richardlison's just getting better and better and you know the the other thing I suppose really with those goals, the goals goal scoring record, they've been to, you know, fairly disappointing seasons. You know, obviously this season more disappointing than the last and the goals are there. So you just think if we get that midfield sorted and the creativity improves, then, then that lad's only going to get more goals. And Ancelotti was dead, right? You know, he, he put it to him, has not to, to go and get 30 goals next season. And that, that's the kind of, you know, manager he is. That, that, that's the bar he set So, yeah, another great goal and hopefully another one to come before the season ends against Bournemouth.
1: I'm hoping and I'm quite confident that next season we're going to see a, a big improvement in, in Everton. I think that, uh, that, that pre-season... Given Ancelotti that time, obviously he's coming during the season. I think give give Ancelotti that pre season, um, you know, and form bonds with the players. Um, he's, he's at the back end of the season now to see, you know, who's about, who fits into his style of play. And hopefully he can bring in a few players that can add to, you know, the way he wants to play um, and, 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 you know, get rid of the players that. Don't fit into that, um, but I, yeah. I'm I'm keen. I, I think that his relationship with uh, Richarlison is going to prove. You know, he's going to come on so much. You know, Ancelotti's managed. You know, some of the best players in the world, Ronaldo, for example. Do you know what I mean?
0: Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: And he's got great things to say about him. So I'm sure that relationship with Richarlison is only going to, you know, improve Richarlison's career.
0: Well, listen, I, I, that's it. I, the, the,
1: you know, the bottom
0: line is, um, Richarlison going to the top. With or without Everton, that lad's going to the top, and that's the challenge. And Chalotti's being at the top. Richarlison's in that category, calibre of player who comes to the top. Everton needs to be at the top now, and that's what this summer's about. And you know, we're going to touch on it in a couple of minutes about And comment, but that's it, isn't it? It's about bringing in players of Richarlison's quality. Um, because it's, it's no good having a player like Richarlison if, if the players surrounding him are not at that standard. And that's What we need to aspire to, so I suppose, really, on the, on, um, the transfer front, there has been a reported fee agreed um, with Southampton to Pierre yeah, Emil Oyberg. Um, I, I don't think we should spend too much time on this because you know it's quite clear that he wants spares and spares want him. Um, I, I'm not sure whether they're ever going to get played. I, I do think that there is a fee that's been agreed, I think. Whether you know it's 14 million, 25 million, or somewhere in between, with instalments, Southampton would set a price, and Everton are happy to pay that. The problem is, is he stop them and stop them won him. What's your opinion on the player? Do you like him?
1: Is it? Is he someone you want to see at Everton? I do like him. I think he can do a good job, but I, he's not. When I have in mind, Everton, two three years time, you know, moving into our new stadium and things like that. And looking at the future, Evan, I don't see him. If you get what I mean, uh, I'd like yeah. to think that we were looking at it a little bit, little bit better by then. Um, but again, you know, Brands, you know, is very questionable. You know, some of the signs he's made, but I'm sure Ancelotti's involved in, in some of the yeah. you know identifying players he wants. And if he feels that he fits into that team, then you know, who am I to say? Um, I don't think he he would, but I'd like to I, think I, I that we. I, th- I think we'd. Li- I'd like to think of someone uh, a little bit more quality, myself. Uh, yeah. But I
0: I, I. I do agree. Um. You know, the bottom line is if Ancelotti wants him, um, then I, then I want him. But but you know, he's not someone I would lose sleep over if if he wanted to come in. Um. I suppose really the positive is Evan of of highlighted the well aware of, of what we all know. I know we had a a good performance on Monday, but that sentiment feels not right. Um. For me, Tom Davis, I don't be too critical because I don't think it's an attitude problem. I just don't think he's good enough for Everton. Um, Sigurdsson hasn't done it. Um, Gabamon's been injured. Fabian Delft, I, I just don't think Fabian Delft gets Everton. I don't think he's an Everton player. Um, so you look at that middle and other than Andre Gomez, there's not a lot there. So it is positive whether we do or don't get bigger, it is positive that at least Everton have highlighted him as someone, you know you know, that can fill what's an obvious gaping hole in the middle of the park. Um, because that that's been I think since the lockdowns here and we've got back to playing football, I think that's been Evans Kelly's heel in the middle of the park. So even if it's not Hoyberg, hopefully someone can come in and do a job. Obviously be like with Allen from Napoli, that's the latest one. I don't know how much is in that. Um I think we always seem to get linked with Napoli players, but I think, yeah, it's positive. I suppose, really, it's about Everton not being played. I don't think Everton at that. At the end of the day, the, the lad's got one year on his contract, and if Tottenham know that Hoyer Big wants to join Spurs, then Spurs are not going to get um, um, involved in a bit more with Everton. They can, they can, you know, I think Levy's astute enough so to give it 12 months and get him, get him for nothing. Um, but I think, as far as Everton can say, if it is obviously he wants to go to Tottenham, then, you know comes a point where he move on. Personally, I, I don't hold it against him that he wants to go to Tottenham. I think right now Tottenham are where Everton want to be. They've got the new stadium. They've just last season competed in the European Cup final. Everton in a million miles away from doing that at the moment. So you know there's no hard feelings that he wants to go to Tottenham from my point of view I get it. But um you know I just hope that we don't get I suppose that we don't get hung up over it thinking we can get him um and leave ourselves too short in terms of time to to get an alternative. I think that was a criticism of Brands, that McCare too. We spent too much time going after him. I think it was obvious that it wasn't happening and we should have had somebody else lined up. But anyway, um, you know, for me it's positive that we've at least identified that area of of the middle of the park that, that needs improving so i think really on the transfer front and the you know the another positive was that press conference um Ancelotti's press conference prior to the the Bournemouth game i think the headline grabber really was you know Ancelotti wants to oversee an evolution rather than a revolution and the key buzzwords for me is quality ambition motivation passion Listen, I know for some Evertonians and some sceptics, you know, they say oh, we've heard all this before, but we've never heard it from someone as decorated and as successful as Carlo Ancelotti. So it feels different now that, you know, the words are coming out of his mouth. From your point of view, given what, you know, we've saw this season, it is a disappointing season. It's either eleventh or twelfth. Are you happy that it's going to be an evolution rather than a, a complete you know, fire sale revolution kind of um transfer approach this summer. What what are your thoughts on his comments?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm um I was made up them to be honest with you, because I think that, you know, a lot of Evertonians, myself included, were really looking forward to sort of a, a project there, uh, you know, and really seeing take got going from one centre to to another centre and taking us, you know, completely transforming the squad and the club as a whole. Um I was hoping that was going to be with Silver. obviously that weren't meant to be. Um, but with Ancelotti coming in, there's no other manager that, you know, I'd trust more with that. And yeah. even the word saying that, I know we've heard similar things from other managers, but as you said, coming from him and he's seen that that seems to me that he he he's he understands the club, he understands the fans.
0: Um
1: yeah. and he knows what is needed to play for Everton Football Club to put that shirt over your head should be an honour. You should be yeah. with fight commitments. Um, so I think from his comments I got that he gets the club. Um, in terms of the evolution, I think this is something that he's been looking for for a while. You know, I, I've lent uh, his book from you, haven't I? And um, yeah. I'm, o- I'm only a few chapters in, but one of the key things that stuck out at the time of PSG is that they wanted him there for a, a project, and that got cut short. And uh, again, it seemed to quite a few of his few of his jobs have been quite short lived. They've either released him, um when he's done quite well, or sort of just hasn't worked. So I think he will relish the chance of of taking us on a bit of a, a journey and you yeah. know and doing it his way. But I, I do, he, I think he's a, he's very loyal as well. What comes across, and I think he'll um, he'll do best by Everton fans. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it, and I, I was really made up to where his comments. I'm, I'm excited
0: yeah no i agree on there. i think you know um at times when you see some of the performances you would not have a revolution and have the fire sale but you know given the the climate that went in um i don't think clubs are going to be splashing the cash and i think ancelotti and brands um, you know i've got without some brands but i've got full um you know full support that Ancelotti will get this right uh full trust in him, rather so yeah, I think an evolution is is the way to go for us. Um, you know, key areas he'll identify, and hopefully, I think we can talk all day about transfer targets and who we would like. So we leave it with them, and hopefully, you know, um, we are pleased with the business that we do. Um, I suppose really, uh, you know, one of the key things that still wasn't clarified in that press conference was Leighton Baines. It's it, it's sad really that you know it could be his last game against Bournemouth, and we're not going to be there. Um he's been absolutely brilliant for Everton. <laughs> you know, I think it's universal, Evertonians want him to stay. I suppose what I would like to ask you, Andy, is do you think the fans want him to stay because he's late in Baines or do you think do you want him to stay because of what he can offer in terms of, you know, a backup? You know, what what are your thoughts? Are you one of those who want some to, to sign that extension, personally, I do, um, but you know, I think probably is a bit because it's Leighton Baines, and I don't want to see him go.
1: I think a bit of both, really. I think um, obviously, he, uh, you know, he's been a great servant to us since he signed from Wigan, um, but at the same time, I think that he's got still, he's still got so much quality, and when he does come on for them short appearances there and there, his fitness levels are still brilliant. Uh, I know last season when we played Leicester in the. Um was that last season? This season? This season, that's good. Oh my god, yeah, it seems like last uh, when he long, came on long. when he came on, you've seen his quality with that goalie, you know, to make it 2 2. takes two extra time. Like so we still got that quality. And you know, if, if we have someone on the bench in these areas that is able to push that left back or that whatever position it is to be the best, and that that, pays, that that player needs to know that they need to perform, otherwise he can be replaced. Easily, but at the same time, I don't want him to stick around just to be on the bench and to be a backup. I do think that he should be involved in the team. Um, mm. I was thinking the other day, you know, put him in before the Sheffield United game, put him in defence in the field and see what he's got. Yeah,
0: um,
1: you know, that holding role, um, that Philip, Philip
0: Long role, that's something that I think is probably past. I, I know I've, I've mentioned that myself in the past. Um, I think as he's got older and he hasn't been able to get up and down the flank, I think. That sitting role is something that maybe we could have put him into. But I think at thirty five it's mm. probably a stretch, isn't it? Um I suppose, you know, the, the other aspect for, for, for Baines is um Everton signed uh, another left back. I know he's going into the under twenty threes, but I think he's nineteen, so he can't be that far away. Um I think his name's is Um probably not pronouncing that right, and I'm not gonna ask you if you know anything about him because he is only um I say back up left back. But I suppose with him coming in, it's probably Baines is looking going, is that all I'm gonna be? I mean, I suppose it will be interesting to know what Baines' thoughts are. Is he someone that wants 13 football or is he someone that's happy to hang up his boosted thirty five? Um I suppose, you know, only he knows that time will tell. But it'll be sad if it is his last game tomorrow. I, I did, um again, I don't know how true this is because I'm Taking it off social media, but I read that he actually hasn't scored a free kick for Everton at Goodison Park. So, Has no, apparently not. I couldn't believe it. And then I was thinking, all his free kicks is Belton and Newcastle, which we were there for um, that Rocket. And then obviously he got a brace at West Ham away, but apparently he hasn't scored a free kick, which is incredible because Tony Everton scored a free kick at Goodison <laughs> So, yeah. hopefully, you know, hopefully. It, if he does play tomorrow, maybe that might be a sign that you know when it it's his last game. Because under normal circumstances, Dean would be playing. And um, maybe that's a question for yourself. If it is his last game, would you play him over Dean? I mean, I will personally because of the position we're in. But I suppose still three points up for grabs, isn't it?
1: Hundred percent for me. If it, if it is due to be his last game, I want to see him in that in that blue shirt. You know what I mean? Um, yeah obviously if we if we were going for a European place or we had something really massive to fight for, then, you know, it'd be questionable who would be the best player to put in to get to for us to achieve that, the best eleven on the pitch. He'll be on the pitch in my opinion. But um considering, you know, given you know the considerations for tomorrow's game, I'd definitely like to see him in in that blue shirt, do you know what I mean? And getting the that game that he deserved. It's just a shame that he wouldn't be with would forty thousand fans in the ground to Yeah, to to clap him off the pitch at the end of the game, but. uh, I mean, for me,
0: uh, you know, uh, I know there'll be plenty of non-Evertonians, or maybe some Evertonians, disagree. Disagree, but for me, he's been the. The best left back in the Premier League for a long time. Um, not not now, but but certainly in his prime. I always thought he was better than Ashley Cole. I think Ashley Cole was the, the obvious narrative um, because of his success at Arsenal and Chelsea. And he was a brilliant left back, but you know, the technique Baines had, the goals he would score, the, the assists, um, you know, the relationship with Pienaar. Pienaar and Baines on the left for years was superb. Cole didn't have that. But, but, you know, the, the way I suppose it worked at the Premier League, Cole was England's number we one left back, and Cole was winning trophies with Chelsea. So, I suppose by those stats, the, the narrative was that Cole had to be the best. But, you know, for me, it was always Leighton Baines. And it is a shame that he um, doesn't have a trophies to sign off with, because, you know, make no mistake when um, when Moyes come calling for Fulani, he wants a Baines as well. Um, and I know Man United went through a rough patch, but you know the, the temptation would have been there, because Man United have uh, gone on to play Champions League football, and um, you know, there's no doubt for me, Baines could have gone on to done bigger and better, but you know, we stayed loyal to the club, um, and despite the strong fees, then, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, he's been one of the best, um, in, in his position for a long time. So looking through the game against Bournemouth, um. From your point of view, are you looking forward to this or are you with the mindset of let's get this game over and move on to the summer transfer window?
1: I think it'll be incessant after Ancelotti's comments. Uh, I think it'll be incessant to see the desire in the players on the pitch. I'm looking forward to it in that sense. I want to see what player walks into that pitch and says, I want to be wearing a blue shirt next year. I want to yeah. be walking out in the Everton colours. Um, and I think that'll show... Hopefully, in every single player that's on the pitch, uh, I think it'll really be highlighted if they don't, um, and they might have alternative motives. They might be wanting to move away or anything like that. But I'm looking forward to it in that sense, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, obviously, some of the young lads, Gordon, uh, Brant White again. Um, and yeah. hopefully, they can, they can get some time on the pitch because I think that it'll do them good again. You know, so, you know, sixty minutes, ninety minutes going into next season. Uh, but yeah. at, at the same time, I'm looking forward to it. Being wrapped up now and let Ancelotti have a, a good pre season with the team, with the, the new coaches he's brought in as well. Yeah. And um, hopefully hit the ground running in September.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think a part of me is excited for the summer. Not that I think we'll be making a shed load of silence, but I'm just excited because it'll be Ancelotti's chance um, to, to really start to put his own imprint on, on, the, on the team. But yeah, you know there is still three points to play for, um, and I suppose there is only a seven-week period before the new season. So in some ways, you could treat it like an early pre-season friendly, uh, in the sense that you know the fitness levels is a chance to keep keep the the oil going really, if you like, because there's that faster turnaround. Um, I suppose, yeah, with the match, we can only finish 11th. Um, obviously, if Southampton better our results, they will go above us and we'll finish 12th. So there's not you know, an awful lot there to play for. So with that in mind, then, Ancelotti's approach to the game, how do you expect it to be? Because Bournemouth must win or down. And even if they do win, they still need results to go all the way. So from their point of view, you know, they're going to have to come all out attack. So with that in mind, do you, do you, do you expect Ancelotti to set Everton up to be patient and counter-attack, an or you know is it a case from you from your point of view that look we're at home it's the last game of the season, see the game through them? How do you see the game going?
1: I think it would be interesting because he obviously changed it up for Sheffield United and it seemed to work really well. So I think it'll be going with the same again. Um, it would be you know giving them a few ideas for next season. Uh, possibly trying out a few new things that he, he might have had thoughts on, uh, but I, I definitely think he'd be, he'd be setting us up to to be quite patient, um, careful with possession in the ball. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. Hopefully it does, um, but I, I I don't think that he he's very very professional manager, and I think he'd expect the same from his players as well. I think he'd expect a fairly really professional performance. Yeah. Um, for, well, you should have...
0: Yeah, you said it yourself, Andy, you know, players now are playing for the Shares. If you want to be at the club, we can't have any more passengers and, and you know, you're looking at some of the players there. I can't help but think of guilty Sigurdsson when I, when I talk like that because I think at times he's, he's almost been stealing a living. I don't want to pick on him, you know. Uh, the last thing you want to do is single any player out. You want to support them. but when you, when you see a lack of effort and fight, You know that manager being around, he's not soft, and I think you're right. This is a game where if you want to be at the club, then you want to show. And I suppose it's a game where you need to show because Bournemouth will not go down without fighting. I I don't expect Bournemouth to go down with a whimper. I think they will battle, and he'll, they'll, you know, I I do think Everton will win, but but I think they'll come at us and he'll make life difficult. So we're not at it. Um, it could be like you know the Aston Villa game where, where was, we're lucky to, to come away with anything. Um, I suppose on that point, Sammy putting you on the spot, give me a score prediction. What do you think?
1: Two one Everton. Two one yeah. Everton. I think um, I think we'll go two 0 up and they'll they'll pull it back uh, and get a, a late consolation goal, but a, a few. Uh, I wouldn't say nervy moments because we haven't got that much to play for, but, you know, that's what... Gonna long, say, but...
0: Yeah, I was going to say, the you know, nervy moments and Everton go hand in hand. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter what the rest play for. After, uh, after, yeah,
1: we, after we played Newcastle and we were 2-0 up, um, the, the way we didn't win that game, I, I, I thought I'd seen it all with Everton, but...
0: <laughs> i wiped that out in my memory.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I agree.
0: on that I think we'll win this one. Um, I think it'll you know put us in a good mood. There's not much to play for, but we all want to see Everton win. I'll go for three one. I think Bournemouth will get on the score sheet because they'll throw the kitchen sink at us. But I think we've got a bit of freedom there tomorrow. Um, we're coming off the back of a good performance. Hopefully, players will want to show the manager that they want to be part of this for next season. Um, and yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go with the sign the season off. On a positive note, look, we know it's a disappointing season, but it's about looking forward now. Um we've we've got one of the best managers there's ever been in Carlo Ancelotti, and uh, I don't say that lightly. Really, is that good? So uh, the future's bright. Um I suppose early on our bright future, we should really touch on on the stadium. It does seem evident, confidence that they're going to be awarded planning approval in October. Um I think really, I mean the benefits for the club are obvious, so I, I don't want to um you know, I think we can talk for hours about how it'll benefit but I wanted to ask you as a scouter really to, you know we're both scouts living in the city, and we're in these times of uncertainty, so I think really for this stadium, it's probably more important now than it's ever been in terms of the investments it'll it'll generate um I think it's got to create about fifteen thousand jobs so it's it's only gonna be a good thing for the city, isn't it? You know, um I know it's been it's a slow burner, it's been going on for a while now, but I'm excited how about yourself. You're looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, um I'm really excited but remember what happened to King's Dock and it's always playing in the back of my mind. <laughs> I know um I know. but do you know what I think as a as a city as a whole, I think it'd be really good. Uh don't get me wrong, you know, the Liverpool have a massive fan base. Um, you know. And it brings a lot of tourism to the to the city. So I'm open. um that, that'll be the same case for Everton when we have a, a stadium on the waterfront dot, uh, waterfront there. Um and yeah, I think you know, we're creating a load of jobs in the city. Um I th- I think you know, it'll be good and the investment it's gonna bring to the city as a whole. Uh, from Everton point of view, you know, it's gonna be really, yeah. really good and to to leave Goodison Park. I love Goodison, do you know what I mean? But um at the yeah. same time it's right. For the club it's just that these next few years on the pitch and in terms of you know um personnel then then right decisions that need to be made so we're in a great position when we do move to that stadium um yeah. but yeah can't, can't wait i'm just 90 percent confident because i little 10 percent for the back of my mind yeah. you know um, yeah, yeah
0: I, I get that i'm i'm very confident it's the most confident i've been it's purely for me it's machiri i think he's a man that knows what it wants and what the, the club wants. I know um, th- there's obviously some um, spattering in the works with, with Dan Mice it and everything, it cause a bit of an eruption with the fans. I'm, you know, I don't really want to go into that too much because I just don't know enough about, um, you know, this is a real complex operation that Everton are trying to deliver an iconic stadium on the waterfront, it's difficult. Um, you know, and just because I don't want to do Dan Mice a disservice, but just because we do feel that closeness with him, Everton's decision to remove him from the process might not be a bad decision. Um, you know, whether it could have been an annual better or not, only the club and Dan know. And um, if Dan Mice is not involved any further, then you know, for me, I wish him all the best because when we went to those workshops, he, he, he got the club, you know, we got Everton. but as far as we're concerned as a club, we just want to see this iconic stadium on the waterfront. We'll have to watch this space, but, you know, as far as we're concerned, Everton remain on track to deliver the stadium. And, um, and yeah, you know, we'll see what happens in the coming months. So that's it, Andy. Um, that's the first ever talk and Toppies podcast. We hope you enjoy it. As we said at the start, these podcasts are for Evertonians especially in these difficult times. Um, you know, the fr the from ourselves, supernoses and, and the for you. So we do hope you'll enjoy them. Feel free to give us a follow on Twitter and we do hope you tune in next time. Up the is.